Welcome to track number four of Preparation of the Gospel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Are you there? It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Amen. Amen. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, I, 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 I feel led by the Spirit of God to share with you some things from this. This is not really what I wanted to share with you, but I feel that I have to share this with you. Amen. Amen. One of the reasons why God wants to use you is because he has rejected some people. Do you understand? <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. One of the reasons why God wants to use you is because He has rejected some people. He 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 has rejected them. They are still alive. They are still moving around, but He has rejected them. And because of that, he has chosen you. You may be surprised to know that your calling is linked to somebody's rejection and somebody's disapproval. So this is the very reason why you must not reject the call by looking at yourself. And saying to yourself, I am nobody. I am too small. And if so and so is there, and so and so is there, and so and so is there, who am I? It is a deception. Because I'm saying this because that is what happened to me. When the Lord called me and started to stir me up in the spirit. You see, when I, when I was telling you that we came here in 1980. We said 87 or 86? 86, 31st. So, 1st of January 1987. We're standing here. This hall was filled with International Central Gospel Church. And the pastors that were preaching, Mensa Otabel, Eric Kwapong, and Obeng Daku. It was a very, very established and large. In fact, they were laying hands on everybody. And we all joined. We joined the queue and they laid hands on us. Yeah. There were three lines. Three lines. Is that not so? Otabel, Obendaku, and then. It was Ajinasari. Was he also here at that time? And Eric They were the three generals. And we all joined to, to receive laying on of hands. And we were all watching to see where there was more power. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing the whole place was full outside yeah 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 how old were you then 
1986, 87. That's about 17 years ago. You see, how old were you? Five. <laughs> Ziza. Do you see? When the Lord calls you, huh? There will always be somebody and people that God has already called who are so great and so established in front of you. But that does not mean that God is not calling you. It's a very wild delusion to think that God is not calling you. Of course, not everybody, and I'm not saying that God has rejected these people or whatever. I'm not saying anything as crazy as that. What I am saying is that I am telling you that God calls you often because he has rejected some other people. There may be people in this church who were to be in your position, who were supposed to be a missionary somewhere or a pastor somewhere, but God has rejected him and has chosen you. And you may think you are nothing. I remember when we were going to start a Bible school, going to send missionaries, doing all these things. The question that the devil will ask me that, are you an American? It's Americans who send missionaries. Americans have money for such things. You have nothing. You cannot do this. Wow. You understand? Yes. Because who are those who send missionaries to the world? Americans and British people. You understand? When they believed in God, they did it. Do you see? And, you know, we don't normally send missionaries to all these places. You know? But we are doing it. To Jamaica, to Trinidad, to Guyana, anywhere. You get it? Yeah. We are going to Kenya, Zambia, Tanzania, Botswana, Nigeria. But the devil would like to say, you are nothing. You are nobody. But you see, those who have been rejected are going to turn into paper and into nothing. So if you also don't do what you are supposed to do, there will be nothing. You see, Saul was about to be possessed with demons. And so God was now calling someone. Your calling is not related to what somebody else is. Or who is there already? Don't look at me and say, oh, bishop is what? No. You are, you are not me. And I, I don't present either, I should not present a, a, a blockade to you or a hindrance, but rather an encouragement. That's, right. That's all. And you are supposed to become what you are supposed to become. Even if you are not in lighthouse, it doesn't matter. You are supposed to become what God has called you to become. All these things will not be there at a point. Lighthouse, Methodist, it's, it's nothing. Paul's churches, Polotian churches, or whatever, they are not there. But the real fruit abides forever. Amen. So, my brothers and my sisters, it's very, very important for you to accept the call accept the call accept the call accept the call because 
Samuel did not want to accept that God had rejected someone, even a senior prophet. If a senior prophet cannot accept it, I can imagine how we can often also not easily accept that sometimes God has rejected certain people. Maybe God has rejected some of the American churches and said, okay, I won't use you again. I'll use a poor person. I use a poor person to send missionaries to the world. I was going to use you. Maybe you have millions and millions. You see, these churches, I've been in churches, you know, I remember I was in a church one day, uh, a few weeks ago, and then a man stood there and the pastor said, I want 100 people to give $1,000 to this man here. Stand up. One, two, three, four, five. Hundred people there. In fact, 100, 120 something people. Straight away, they gave him 120 whatever thousand, $123,000 or so. Yeah. Stand up now and just give the money. Yeah. Just in the church. It's not tight. It's nothing. It's not not within a year or within whatever months. Hundred people. And they just gave there and then. One, one other pa- I was there in that same church Another man was standing there He preached, he showed a picture of his church He sang with his children and so on And after that the pastor said Let's take an offering to bless him in his ministry there They had 145,000 They are finished taking their offering They had 145,000 And they presented it to him in the service Before the service closed They counted everything They presented it to him at the service $145,000 God bless you in your church As you go back to Africa Oh yeah. I was walking in the corridors of a church and the pastor who was looking at me said, you see the guy wearing that polo shirt over there? So he gave one million dollars last uh, two months ago. He gave the pastor one million dollars. million dollars. Like that. I mean, when you talk about money, do you understand? When you talk about money. I was in a church of millionaires. One member of the church gave five million dollars to the church building project another gave five million dollars these are people who spend a million dollars they don't feel it yeah they don't think about it i was listening to uh creflo dollars they were talking about his life and and his ministry and so on and how many cars i think they say he has given away 84 cars and about five aeroplanes or so that he has given away <laughs> as gifts to people, just gifts because he keeps receiving. Yeah, four or five aeroplanes and about 85 cars or something like that. No, I mean, people are stupendously rich over there. And when I went for a missions, one of these churches, I went for a missions conference. I tell you, the there, you see the people standing here There were not even This number of young men In the whole church For the missions conference The choir that sang Was made up of Elderly old ladies You see And they, and they sang They were jamming You see them Pastor Joel put them, I said, Pastor Joel said look at Grandmothers who are jamming like that And they were dancing like that Dancing that's the choir. Oh, ladies. No, there's no young man. The young men are playing basketball. The young men are trying to get money. And the pastors, we preach about money 
and about how to be rich and successful and that is the vision and the goal of the average Christian who is going to give himself to a quizotic course do you know Don Quixote huh? a quizotic adventure like going to a country and you leave your, your profession what you are called what the, I mean what is, it's crazy who is going to do something like that when you can, you can earn millions of dollars playing basketball, doing computer, working with Bill Gates, whatever. I met a, a certain man in a church. I said, I'm talking about money. He was, I think, 30 years old or 32 years old or 33 or something like that. I saw him as we passed a room in the church. The pastor said to me, oh, that guy has, that guy that is the work he does now. I said, what work does he do? He said, oh, he teaches computer in the church. To anybody, just computer classes. And I said, I said oh yeah, he's retired. So he's 30 years old, he's retired. He's a multi-millionaire. He has made millions, he has retired. <laughs> now he just teaches computers and so on in the church. <laughs> yeah. He's retiring. He's retired. I mean, I'm talking about people with money. People who could, I mean, multi-millionaire who could come to the country, preach, set up Bible schools, teach people, go to the nation, go on radio, television in Ghana, Nigeria, all those. But you see, you'll be surprised that they will not do it. And we, rather, who are nothing, you get what I'm saying? And who, in the, I mean, you talk about money. What it involves for us to do what we are doing. And we will be sending people. And in fact, when I, when I was there, I, I read out in one of, one of these churches, I, went, I was reading the nations that we send missionaries to. Afterwards, a 60-something-year-old man who is pastor, who is in charge of their missions and other things, he said, he said I was so embarrassed as you were reading out all these places that you are sent full-time mission. We don't have even one place that we have sent and full time in what they call missions is that they will get some of the members about 20 members in the church buy your own ticket and go and visit ghana like tourism then you go whatever and then you help they said oh if you have to help to paint the church or do anything then they all go they spend two weeks or whatever, and they come back that's missions so then later as we we're talking then they brought up the term they said long-term missionaries and i said ah, what we are doing is what they call long-term missionaries we do not have long-term missionaries <laughs> have missions he said i've rejected saul i've chosen nobody and nobody you'll be surprised never think you see when we talk about money I was in another place. I was with one of my pastors, and he was with some of the people who were hosting him. When they were going, there was no space in the car because I think there was something else in the back of the car. So they said, We're going to drop it at home and come. So the wife said, Oh, I'll just wait. I'll just stand here and wait for you to go and drop the things and come. A few minutes and come. So they dropped the stuff and they came back. When they came back, the lady was holding some bags. The few minutes that they went and came, she has spent $5,000 shopping. Just, I mean, she's just waiting, waiting in the shop there, $5,000. These are millionaires. 
it's not something that is planned. We're just, I'm just standing here waiting. By the time you come back, I spent five thousand dollars. This is waiting shopping. You see, and rarely do you see Ghanaians getting to such levels. We go ac- abroad and become international small boys. What is Teu? The cleanness. Merci. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. You see, that's why I said I wouldn't want to force myself to be an American. I'm in a different world. I come from a different place. Let me concentrate on my hope. He said, for the hope which is laid up in heaven. Because on this earth, my, my voice will never become American voice. My color will never become American color. My everything will never become like that, no matter what I try to do. And I must lift up my eye for the hope which is laid up in heaven. That is what I would like to work for and live for and give my heart for. Amen. So, we, when we take an offering, it may take more than one year to take an offering, to get all our tithes and offering up to the second, they, are, they normally don't take two offerings, up to a second on the spare of the moment offering without any considerations and just anybody just give whatever you can. Wow. Yeah. And yet with our little, we'll send a missionary and tell him, try and walk. Try and stay in a room together. Try not to quarrel even though all of you are together in the same room. Do you understand? That's what we advise them. We tell them. Tell them, we tell them we are sacrificing. And we do all these things. And we have got people in Cameroon, Nigeria, this, that, in various places. Eh? He says, I've rejected Saul. Wow. God told me to tell you that he has rejected some people. That's why he's calling you. He has rejected some people. That is why you are on board. And you are the next person that he has decided to use. Receive the call. If you, if you don't receive it, it will be given to another person. Oh, yes. And you see, God keeps going lower and lower and lower. He will go to the donkeys. He will go to the stones. He will go to everything that, that you despise, that you walk on, that you think cannot do. His will. It will go lower and lower and lower. That's why I am one of the strong defenders of Bishop Duncan Williams. Because I say if God had come in his time eh, to come to walk through this university, to call any of the noble professors, and to call any of the lawyers at the law faculty, who are so dignified wearing their black suits and their whatever... eh, white collars and so on that they were call any of them to come and do his noble work they wouldn't do it right. so he goes to the airport and finds somebody who is pushing a cart I said look you know I would like to use you for something and the guy cannot even speak English and he said well, I, I, st- I, I, I would still like to use you and he cannot write his name he cannot write Nicholas 
I said, no, it's no problem. No problem. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll use you like Really? I'm pushing cars, but I'm a smoke, I'm a drug addict. I'm smoking, I'm, 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 I'm dealing in drugs. It's no problem. It's okay. I couldn't get any professor. I couldn't get any lawyer. I couldn't get any graduate. I couldn't get anybody. So I've come to the airport to see if I can get somebody here to use. And God said, I'll make you a pastor of ambassadors. And I will let presidents come to you for prayer. And I will take you to presidents of nations. And I'll let you interact with people who speak English and all over the world. So I came to Lego. I went to Kumase. I couldn't get any of They wouldn't want to have anything to do. So I would like to use you. Huh? Yeah. That's why we shouldn't judge. That's why we shouldn't criticize. That's why you should shut up. When you see something you don't understand. No comment. The best and safest is to fast with your mouth. Fast from speaking. There's fasting of words. Apart from fasting from food, there's fasting of speaking words. And there's fasting from television. There's fasting from different things. If you were to fast from speaking for a little while, you would be surprised how you will rise spiritually. So the Lord goes round trying to find somebody. Because he couldn't find the noble guys. They don't want it. So he found somebody who pushes a cart at the airport and asks for 200 cities and speaks pigeon. Tree and gun. Even up to now, sometimes I think that he has difficulty in reading. You see, I was talking to one uh, prophet. He cannot read. He said to me, I can't read. He said to me, I cannot read. I went to his church, very large. I cannot. He said, when, I'm, when I read, I listen to tapes. You see? I listen to tapes. Huh? And then I look at Bible text. I know that it is Second Chronicles 24. Joash was seven years old and I'd be reading the words. Wow. He said, when I reach a place and I cannot, I call somebody, even international, to ask that what is in the Bible? What does it say? Because he cannot, understand, he cannot read it. Even international calls he has to make to find out. Because, and he was just a houseboy. A houseboy. Because you are. You are you a houseboy? Are you somebody's houseboy? No. Yeah. But maybe you wouldn't want his work. If the Lord called you, you wouldn't want it. God has called you. Amen. He has rejected somebody. He has called you. Amen. Amen. Now, notice. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 2. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear me, and Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. Amen. And Samuel did that with the Lord speak. Now, 
The next thing that I want you to know is that the person and people who have been rejected by God will fight your calling and your ministry. At least they will not encourage it. And that is why, that's why they said, Saul will kill me. Saul will kill me. Is that not so? Huh? So, you must realize that the fact that somebody is against your calling, your mother, your father, your friends, often it's rejected people. God has forsaken them. God has rejected such people. They are the ones who fight against your calling and your ministry. I mean, it's difficult to think about it, but it's true. I'm showing you something from the Bible. It was the rejected Saul. Samuel knew that Saul would try to kill even he, Samuel, the one who anointed him to be king. And you'll be surprised the extent to which people are prepared to go when somebody is called. And don't be happy when nobody is opposing you. Rejoice and be glad when you can see that people are now opposing. Because I see a lot of young ones, because of a little trouble at home, because of a little difficulty from this place, person or from that person, you are not prepared to do the work of God. Huh? Because of a little difficulty. Some of you are scaredy cats. Small pressure, you are running away. Huh? You are not determined. You are not determined. Small pressure. One day I employed somebody. After a while, the mother began to give a lot of problems. So the person said she was resigning. Then I said to her, I said, small pressure, you have dropped the ministry like a stone. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we must decide to go through fire so that we can accomplish what God has called us to. Set your eyes on heaven, oh. You don't know when you will die. You don't know when you will stand there. Your days are numbered. God is calling you and sending you. Don't be afraid of fire. And sometimes I see people and I realize that they are ready to sacrifice for something else. But not for the ministry. And that is why I mean when I see the souls. Soulish parents. Solish pastors, solish friends, solish people all around. I don't allow them to lead me. No, no. Some of the souls themselves will turn around one day and praise you for having served the Lord and been wise. When I was going into the ministry, it was not easy for me. It was not easy for me at all. So thank God if you somebody is supporting you. I am supporting you. The pastors in my day did not support me. I tell you, nobody supported me. And it's all those things were good for me. They're all part of growing, becoming mellow, and becoming mature. I had my wedding here, Commonwealth Hall Chapel. No pastor came. When it was time, all pastors were nobody. 
Because I was a crazy guy nobody would like to associate with. Do you understand? Yeah. I had nobody to... My associate pastor officiated my wedding. Because I have nobody. And I'm blessed. So, if you just want to have everything easy, in fact, you should rather be worried that, Lord, where are my troubles? You know, because the Bible says, through much tribulation, we enter. No trouble. I wonder whether you are really entering the kingdom. So coolly. I mean, how come things are so cool for you? Oh, you don't get what I'm saying? How come things are so easy for you? So cool. How come you don't want to pay a price? You must pay the price. Samuel had to risk his life to go and anoint another person as a king when there is an existing king. There is an existing king. And you are in another house, the same person who officiated his coronation, you have moved into town and in somebody's house you have anointed somebody as a king in front of his seven brothers and say you are now the king of Israel hey treason do you know that if I was to do a ceremony like that and make Apache stand up Apache I was to make Apache the president of Ghana right now you know either people will think we are mad or they would arrest us I mean, if they took us seriously, they would arrest us. Mr. President, you can sit down. (laughs) I employed somebody to come and work from... The person used to work at Ghana Airways. When the person was was coming to work in the church, the parents of the person did not want him to come and work and then the parents said they are coming to see me and I said I will not see them I will not see them don't come if they are coming to see me about their salvation or Holy Spirit baptism or anything like that I will see them but if you are coming to see me to discuss your son and whether he should work and whether he is working in the church i will not see you i refuse to see you because when your son is working at ghana airways a dangerous airplane like ghana airways you are not going to see the manager of ghana airways to ask to withdraw your son from there a plane which can take off and they have locked something under the undercarriage and the wheels cannot go back and the plane is flying in the air they have to go and land somewhere take it off eh? <laughs> and these stories are told to me by this very person this aeroplane was taken to whatever when they got to Rome they said this is a flying coffin they were taking it for repairs Ghana Airways plane they said it's a flying coffin and your son is on a flying coffin every week 
you won't go and see the managing director you are coming to see me a pastor it's because you don't respect the church and i cannot entertain you i can discuss with you holy spirit baptism gifts of the spirit and other things but not about your that's the work of your son recently ghana Airways was coming from america in the middle of the air you see that thing where they show all the oxygen whatever the mass all of them came out in the middle that deco- whatever the plane came down they were oh <laughs> that's one you will not call the managing director or the engineer that you want to see him to see whether the plane is working well but you want to see me because i'm a pastor i'm nobody that is why you are prepared to risk for something but not prepared to risk for the will of god do you understand what i'm saying yeah Yeah. and i will say these things and continue saying them some people they are going to give birth and you see them saying that and my husband is why is my husband is uh, here and then uh, i'm going to give birth and so so my husband should come and all that these are the same people when they are when it's time to give birth they will they will go to america because of green card and whatever american citizenship and leave their husbands here and go there eh? for a long time and lie that they are refugees and whatever and nowadays when you do that they, they are now asking you to pay before you come for your american whatever they will ask you to pay the bills but you see people are prepared to go and lie go and stay over there separate from their husband and deliver without their husbands being there but when it comes to the ministry and whatever and they say, eh, say how do you how can you send whatever one day i sent somebody as a missionary and i after i called him and i said that people are saying because the wife was in america and he was going to the mission field i said people are saying that why am i sending you to the mission field when your wife is here and i'm separating you i said is it not true i said yes okay so i said now stay with your wife i won't send you again and his wife didn't stay his wife went to america and he was here in ghana for years that's why nobody will talk about it when your wife is in america working and you are separated here but if you are separated for another reason it's like the church is so despised it's nothing that is why the church is not something that anyone can pay a price for that is why when i see people and i I, there are certain signs when i see now i just say oh if you want to work for god come and work and pay the price that is there every good shirt has a price and a good shirt always has a particular price and if you are going to have it you have to pay in fact you people should be worried when there is no trouble as you are moving into god and into his ministry huh because the bible says through trouble tribulation we enter the kingdom amen, amen. are you listening to me yes. are you still in the church yes. all right let's read on what verse are we on let's all read verse 4 together ready go
Amen. Amen. Tell somebody peaceably. You see, some people, when they see me, they don't feel peaceful. You see, I went somewhere to preach. And uh, I was preaching at a camp like this. And and somebody who stood up was asking a question. He said, oh, we know that you are saying this and that and that. He said, we should come full time and so on. I said, I have not said you should come full time. You see, some people have a mind. That's not a good mind. You feel you know everything that is being said. And it's not peaceful to you. It's troubling to you. But the call of God is peace. Samuel had come to bring the call. It was a call to peace. And joy. And everlasting joy and peace was coming into the life of David and his family. That is what it means when God is calling you my friend. Some of you think that God is coming to take away your money. God is coming to take away your visa. God is coming to take away this and that. God is coming to give everlasting peace to your life. That's the peace of God that passes understanding. God is trying to give you a better life. A higher life. A more quality life. A life of peace. That's what someone was coming to do there. He was coming peaceably. Why do you allow the devil to deceive you that the things of God and the call of God are rather a problem and, 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 and a demotion and a degradation of your life? He said, he said, are you coming peaceably? He said, I am coming peaceably. I am bringing peace to your life. I am bringing blessing to your life. Women, sometimes you are so concerned about your comforts. And what I will have and what are this and who is this person and what is that and so on. Don't think about that. Let us grow up in our thinking and try and understand that. Look, quality of life. You see, peace of mind, you cannot buy it. You may be in a little corner, but you'll be happy. One brother, he was telling me since he moved into his big house, he has never been happy. He said to me, I was happier in my small squeezed rooms. I'm telling you. He said, since I moved into my big house, he said, at a point I wanted to go back there. That's why we have more peace and joy. You can see us laughing and happy over here more than people who are living abroad. Someone said, I'm coming peaceably. Today I'm coming to you peaceably. Today God is coming to you peaceably. He's telling you I'm bringing peace to your life. I'm bringing happiness to your life. I'm not bringing trouble to your life. I'm coming to change your life and bring blessing. When you see the man of God walking into a... Don't start thinking, ah, full time. This man, he's coming to say that we should come full time. He's coming to say that we should sacrifice this. He's coming to say that this. He's coming... What is wrong with you? Why, oh, why, superfly? You see, the very presence of Samuel was a message. What message is it to you? When you see me, you can't mistake that. I am talking to you about the work of God. Oh, yes. My messages are not many. I'm trying to help you to get to heaven. Amen. I'm trying to take you into the ministry. I'm trying to let you serve God. I'm coming peaceably. Uh, 
<laughs> you must understand the peace that is in this great message that comes from the man of God. Oh yes, I have peace. If I had not... You see, sometimes you need to just compare. Compare. When I compare my life, even with the life of my mates, oh, I don't envy them at all. At all. Me? Oh, I have a better life. I have a, you see what I'm doing is what I want to do you see that is one of the highest things you can ever have you are doing what you want to do when I wake up in the morning I do what I want to do I go where I want to go I do what I really desire to do not what I have to do so that I will live you can't compare and I have a hope in heaven laid up for me in heaven. Surely God came to me with peace. Surely the day that I stood here in 1987 on the 1st of January, it was a decision for peace that I was taking. Surely it was a decision for peace. Peaceably. I said peaceably. Samuel came peaceably. Reverend Saki, God is coming peaceably. When God called you, he called you with peace. Just cast your mind back. Years ago when we were working on this government, God was stirring up our hearts to work for him. He was calling us peaceably and into peace. And it is like, I'm not bringing a bad thing. I'm bringing a very good thing. A very, very good thing. Hmm? God is not spoiling your life. How can God spoil it? Think about it. God is coming to spoil your life. Think about it. I love it. How many are happy to see the prophet? Some people, when they see me, <laughs> we know, we know, we know, we know. <laughs> we know, we know what he's coming to say. Come as thou peaceably. That's what they are saying. Come as thou peaceably. That's why I don't go to certain places. Because I know that when they see me, they have in their mind, they are, you are not coming peaceably. I don't even go there. I will not even have any camp for them. They should have their own camp. I'll go to places where they receive me peaceably. And they receive my message with peace. If you don't want to work for God, go for prosperity camp. There are more prosperity camps there. <laughs> that is it. Come as thou peaceably. And he said, peaceably, I'm come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Listen, sacrifice is a peaceful thing. You see, you will have to sacrifice anyway. So when you do it consciously, it's better. It's like having a baby. There are two ways you can have a cesarean section. You know what a cesarean section is? There's a normal vagina delivery. You can have a cesarean section. Cesarean section, pray if you are having it. Pray that they decide early that this is what we are going to do. 
then we all know the head is this this is that whatever the reason the baby is big whatever we are going to do cesarean we choose tuesday we are coming to do it we do it and we go home pray that you will not go into labor and as you are in the middle of labor somebody is now deciding we are assessing we are spying we are watching they're in the middle of it when the baby is half dead and you are also half dead they are now carrying you to go and do cesarean section and you see that because you didn't take the decision earlier i will cut myself and remove huh? <laughs> you still cut and remove but it was different more difficult so you see when you decide consciously that's why i said some of you what you are aiming at you wouldn't get i also won't get but me i've got more in heaven do you understand because i have given it up on earth you won't get and i also won't get <laughs> you won't get it oh you, you will never be an american i'm telling you you may have the password but you will never get the accent <laughs> oh yes you won't get it you never you see you never you always be isb international small boy <laughs> mercy international small girl <laughs> oh man huh are you listening to me yeah sacrifice is easy and peaceful when you decide this is what i'm going to do but as you are going i was talking to somebody the other day i said you say you want to come and work in the church but you want to come and work in the church because you are broke no it's different jesus said no one takes my life i decide to give it don't wait to see is it going to be good or is it going to be bad i've tried state insurance for some time i've tried backless bank for some time i've tried this one for some time and the way i'm seeing things i saw somebody the person started working in a church recently i saw some car the person driving said in fact it was a lighthouse it's even better than vodi and other displays so let me change over and go and apply there well, look at something look at something peacefully accept my life is finished i've dashed it to god try it and see not even try it do it give your life you mark it somewhere and see let 20 years go by and see those people who have given their lives mark it 20 years from now you will see they will ne- they will say i have no regret for my life they will say i wish i had even done it earlier they will say i thank god for only one thing that my life has been you you see i was with tl osborne you know T.L. Osborne, great evangelist T.L. Osborne. His head shakes like this. He's 81 years old. When he's preaching, and when he's talking, if you thief is turning, he said to you, you turn like this, he's talking. Then he was smiling. He said, I'm going to die happy. He knows, he knows, he knows he's going to die soon. He said, I'm going to die happy. I'm going to die happy. That's what you'll be saying one day. You see, when you have sacrificed yourself peaceably to the Lord, you will say, I'm going to die happy. What I give my life to, what I did with myself. Oh, man. Peaceably. As he sat there, peaceably. He has preached in more than 70 countries. Started more than 30,000 churches. And he was shaking his head and said, I'm going to die 
happily, happily. I'm going to die happy. Not things that have been forced on you. Circumstances have worked on you. Things didn't work out. You've come last minute to force yourself into a place. Oh, it's different, brother. It's different. Choose God. I said choose God. And your blessing will be great. Come as thou peaceably. Yeah, I'm coming peacefully. To sacrifice is peaceful. Sacrifice is peaceful. Go on. Sanctify yourselves. Again, prepare. Prepare yourselves. Preparation necessary for the sacrifice. And that is why we are here. And I want to say there are many things you need to do to sacrifice and to prepare yourself for the ministry. Amen. Now, at this very point, I just want us to jump off and come to certain things that you must prepare yourself. Amen. Amen. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Now, this is again speaking about preparation. So I want to give you about seven things that you need to prepare and have if you're going to do well in the ministry. Amen. Or seven foundations that you need to lay. Amen. I don't know if there are seven, there may be more, there may be less, but about seven. Are you there? Number one. You need, in your preparation, you get it, you need a mind for eternal things. Do you understand? You see, when, we, when I became a Christian earlier on, our focus was not as the focus is today. The focus was eternity, heaven, working for God, and so on and so forth. And not getting money, wives, beloved, husbands, etc. Now, that mind of getting houses, cars, beloveds, husbands, etc. Is a mind that is contrary to the foundation that you need to set for yourself. You need to have a mind that is looking towards heaven. And it should be a foundational thing in you. Do you understand? It's a foundation. It's, it's something you must tune your mind towards heavenly things. I want to say to you, if there's any tape I have preached about heaven, heavenly things, sacrificing, eternity, eternal, especially you will notice in the last era that we've had, a lot of tapes have that flavor. Of eternal things those are the things you need to listen to and embed yourself I'm directing you as what to listen to because with that foundation you see that is the foundation I have that is why even though the wind of prosperity and the wind of whatever is blowing so strongly in the churches because that's my foundation I sort of swing back onto that foundation because that's, that's what I know I mean that's why I came into the I didn't come to the ministry to get money Oh yeah. 
I'm a clear medical doctor with opportunities outside this country any day. My roommates and my classmates and all that, but there's, I don't think there's even five of them in this country today. Do you understand? I, I will not struggle even now. If I want to go now, I can go. I will not struggle at all. At all. I can move into the highest levels anywhere if I want to. Do you understand? Yeah. But that is not why I came into them. And maybe God called me, maybe God blessed me to have all this background so that I could teach some of these things. Because maybe if I haven't had them, I would be really searching for them. I would want really badly to get this and to go here and to get this and to do that. So maybe it's my background, maybe my background, I don't know whether that is it, but maybe I'm sure it contributes. And they are all gifts from God in preparing you. He gives you a background. And so all of you must look into your background. What background has God given you? Do you understand? It all contributes to whatever you are supposed to become and even how your message is supposed to be. And God has given me, you see, as a child, I used to travel first class. I don't know if Ghana Airways still has first class, but first class. I remember one time I was flying, just two of us, myself and the Chief Justice. I was a child. Two of us in the plane. My father said I should travel first class. <laughs> Easy. Stupendous. So it's not something I'm, I'm, I haven't seen before. That I, I'm going to use the church to, to do or see or get. No, 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 no. I traveled with my father. I went to Frankfurt. I went to England. I went to places. I stayed in hotels. Hotels. My father, when he go to England, doesn't stay in anybody's house. He stopped staying in people's house years ago. I doesn't stay with anybody. Only hotels. Five-star hotels. He can stay in a hotel for six months. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe God gave me that background so that it will help me to be able to preach the truth of the gospel. That these things are nothing in themselves. The 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 vision and dream you must have are not these, but higher than that. Jesus said, Oh ye of little faith, thinking about all these things, it's little faith. No, thinking about what you eat, drink, where, what is little faith. Jesus called it little faith, but we call it the faith message. It's not the faith message, it's the little faith message. Faith in the Bible, Abraham, he forsook his father's house. He went not knowing where he was going. Moses, he forsook Egypt, walked out. That's faith. By faith, Moses forsook it. By faith, he endured a sin that was, which was invisible. By faith, he chose to suffer affliction with the people of it. That's faith. Go and read Hebrews 11. We never preach those things as faith. That's faith. Little faith is our faith to have three, three t-shirts. One white, one red, one pink. That's faith. To have shoes. I want four shoes. Six, one. This, that, that. Visa and so on. That's little faith. Mercedes. That's little faith. Are you listening to me? Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Yeah. There must be a foundational mentality of heaven. Eternity. We are doing all we are doing to prepare for heaven. 
You must believe in heaven. Foundational. It must be in you. If it is not a strong foundation in you, as time goes on and different things come up, you are going to become, before you realize, I'll send you as a missionary, you turn into an NGO. I tell you. I'll send you as a missionary before I realize you have now become an HIV activist for whatever because you tell me that there are many problems here and so on. It's true there are many HIV problems, but we are sending you to preach the word of God and to lead people to Jesus. That's a different job from helping HIV. HIV is good to help. One time I sent somebody as a pastor somewhere. He called me back and he was saying he wants to start all these social programs. I said, brother, stay on track. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yeah. So this foundation, then the other foundation is a foundation of sacrifice. That you have to lose something. In Christianity, you lose. You lose. I am crucified with Christ. I have lost my life. That is what it means. I am crucified with Christ. It means I have been killed. It means I have lost my life. Wow! And I have lost my life. The life I now live, live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's the life I now live. I have lost my original life. My original life as Jack Heward Mills, the son of N.N. Heward Mills, and, and Elizabeth Heward Mills, the son of these people. I have lost that original life. This is a, the life I now live. He said, nevertheless, I live. You do understand that? Galatians 2.20 says, nevertheless, I live. So, I am crucified. So, uh, the original person that was here is crucified. He's gone. He's been buried. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. So it's like he's talking about two people. I live, I'm crucified, I live, I'm crucified. So it means that there are two. There's the original, and then there's the new. The original is gone. Lulu, your first original life is gone. The life you now live. It's a new life that you live by the faith of the Son of God. The first life was a completely different life. You were going to marry somebody else. You were going to live somewhere else. You were going to have some other kind of life. And you were going to be a different person. But that life and that person has been crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. That means I'm still around. Who is still around? A new person. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. So original Doug Heward Mills was a doctor in America. Two completely different lives. Or in England, where I was born. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's a good message. It's a very good message. Original Daki what knows is not around. All my sisters don't live in Ghana. None of, that's with me. I would not have been here. Nobody would be here. That's why I say I'm crucified. I said original me. 
is gone. Nevertheless, I live. So I'm still here. And the life I now live, I live by the faith. Great faith of the Son of God. That's why you find me in a place like Colombia. The original that God knows will not have gone to Colombia. Uh, yeah. The original that God knows have no business in Deban. Yes. Or in Kenya. No, no, no. Or neither in Nigeria. The last time I was in Ilorin in Nigeria. The other time I was in Lagos. I'm going to Abuja. The original Dagwood Moose was not planned to be in Nigeria at any time or date. But that original Dagwood Moose has been crucified. He's been buried. I don't know where, where, where he's been buried, which cemetery he is. Nevertheless, I said, nevertheless, it still seems that he's alive. But in a different form, he seems to be doing different things. And going to different places. Nevertheless. I said nevertheless. Nevertheless. I see you living nevertheless. Nevertheless. Nevertheless you are still around. You are still around but doing different things. Doing conducting your life in a different way. And the life you now live. is a beautiful life. A good life. I said it's a sweet life. It's a nice life. It's a good life. The life we now live. <laughs> it's a peaceable life. The prophet came to my house peaceably and changed my life forever. You see, when Samuel came to David's house, he changed David's future. Totally. 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 I'm crucified. And I thank God I'm crucified with Christ. Look, Paul, a Pharisee, a lawyer, it was a completely different. That thing is dead. That life is dead. Now I live. Nevertheless. Is it not marvelous? Can you see me wearing my green, covered with the eyes of God? And then asking the nurse, give me two, this, give me that, and I'm operating. You used to know him. And operating, and then I go and very dignified, and, and then they greet me, Dr. Hayward. That person is crucified. Crucified long time and dead. Nevertheless, it seems that a guy is still around. <laughs> it's powerful, I tell you. I'm blessed. Nevertheless, I live. I live. I'm around. One time I was in Swaziland. And we were having breakfast with Pastor Andy, one of our first missionaries in a beautiful hotel with Pastor Prince and Pastor Oko and Andy, Geraldine, all of them. Pastor Clufio. We were very happy. I don't know, that particular day, I just, I, we always remember that day. We didn't plan to be here. My original life would never have taken me to Swaziland. We were so happy to be there. Nevertheless, we are living. Are you ready for your new life or you want to stay with the old one? Some of you, you are booked, you are trying to hold the old life. I will live my old life. I'm going to follow my old life. And then you keep on seeing the new life and you are wondering, should I go with the new life or should I stay with the old life? 
Paul said, I count it as done. Hallelujah. So you need to have a mentality to sacrifice. I'm telling you, that is a foundation. It is a preparation you must have in your mind. It's just like when you're getting married. If you're getting married, I'll frighten you. Do you see? I'll frighten you because I prefer to frighten you and then you expect the worst and you go and it's like, oh, it's far better than, it's, 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 it's easy cry. Oh, this one is, oh. because how my mind was, you know, then you are going coolly. That's why Jesus told that you will have trouble. You have tribulation. In this world, you'll be persecuted. A time will come when they think, they will think that they that kill you are doing God a service. He wanted you to know. And that's the mind that you ought to have. Amen. 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 Are you listening to me? Are you there? Are you living? Where's the old guy? Are you sure he's gone? He buried the whole life. You see, that verse, we used to think about it in terms of like my fornications, drinking, smoking, this is dead. So I acknowledge it's true. But this is also true. That's like you had like after you are your original life that you were going to live as a this or a that or a that or whatever, bank manager, this and that, that life is also crucified. And you are living another life with God. Is it not stupendous? It's great. So are you ready to sacrifice? You have to have a mind. I'm losing. I'm losing and I will lose. I will lose. Are you ready to lose? Bible says Jesus Christ thought it's not robbery. You see, you don't, you, although you are losing, you don't think you are being cheated. Do you understand? Because when you think you are being cheated, you are not having a good foundation when you think you are being cheated if let's say i send you as a missionary and i say okay go here and then you start to think to yourself would he send himself there would he send his child there do you understand would he do this would he go under such a condition would he live in such a way when you start thinking that way you are thinking of yourself as being robbed or cheated and you are working with a robber and your pastor is a robber and you can never have a good mind towards me so ladies and gentlemen god wants to use you because there are some people who feel I, I go to work and I come how can I come and work in the church all this I'm tired and so on don't think of yourself as being robbed think of yourself as having a privilege Amen. a privilege to do something don't think well, as soon as you think in that way it's not a good thought many years ago I told my wife she made a comment and I told her that listen never say anything about the ministry and about the church that we are sacrificing losing all this problem never i said to her i said we are blessed to be here and to be working for god we should never say my children have never heard me say we are sacrificing we are sacrificing this we are because i think we are i don't know what i've sacrificed i don't know what i've sacrificed 
What have I sacrificed? God has been good to me. It looks as if I sacrificed, but almost as almost the day that you sacrifice, that He comes to give you all the things you sacrifice more. You wonder. You wonder. I must have in my mind and in my heart, and everybody around me must have that grateful mind. Bible said, be filled with the Spirit, giving thanks. We must give thanks. When you give thanks, you are filled with the Spirit. When you are grateful, you are filled with the Spirit. And you must be thankful in the sacrifice. You must have a mind that it is a blessing to sacrifice. It's a foundation that you need to have. And you know why I am here? One of the reasons I'm here is because I have that foundation in me. These foundations I'm sharing with you are foundations that I personally realize are in me. Yeah. When I came into them, I look, I knew that I'll never have a I knew I'll never I'll never travel abroad anywhere. But I came to that mind. I'll not travel. Some of you come, you say you want to work for God, but we must send you to another country. Why should we send you to another country? You are you are suffering from a delusion. Why why do you have to sit on a place? Sit on a bus and go. Or ride a bicycle and go. Yes. Why? I came, and that is the mind that I have. Do you think Reverend Saki came to work in the church thinking of what he's going to get? He's a lawyer. He could have had a lot of other things. <laughs> no, you see, you don't have to have that mind, but you must understand in your mind that I am losing. But you see, the whole world is, I am getting. What can I get? Even those of you are in university, you are there because you are trying to get something and leave the place. You are very selfish people with only one intention to get your certificate and leave. You don't love the uni- you love the university that you are. You don't love it. Huh? <laughs> Do you like the school? You love the school? No. You hate the school. But you want something from it. So you are just a normal human being whose mind is to get something. That's how we are made. And that is why most of us, we get into marriage thinking what I'm going to get. I want you to give me attention. Give me love. Give, what about you? What will you give? You don't even cook. You don't do this. You don't do that. But you want money. You want this. You want that. Yeah. It's a good message. I said it's a good message. Our minds are what will I get? What will he do? You do this for me. I want him to give this. I want him to. So you look at the point somebody comes to propose to you and he comes with his, you know, and he's coming like that and he looks very. I want to propose to you about something. You say, what, what, what is this? I want to propose to you about our love and our future marriage. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Has he lost? He's not going to get anywhere. Why? Because you are looking at him about what you can get. Even publicly, 
your mind is whether you are going to get encouragement from the people in your world one guy went and proposed to a, a sister and he came and was talking with me and he asked me he said Charlie if fine the, 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 the sister he fine or he no fine he said to make you talk make you talk he fine or he no fine and I said oh he fine he fine <laughs> but how I go fish say he no fine <laughs> he fine he fine <laughs> You see, we, we want something. That's right. We are very selfish beings. Yeah. Yeah. One day, I was, re- I was listening to a tape. Some guy was talking about something. And he was explaining that the reason for the chaos in the world. He gave three reasons. He said, one is the selfishness. Another is greed. So he talked about six billion selfish people <laughs> and greedy people. Moving amongst each other, it's a very complex world. That's why there's no peace in the world. <laughs> Look at America, you think they love Iraq, and you see them making speeches of uh, democratization and Iraq, the people of Iraq, and the freedom of the people. Uh, you are after oil, say you are after oil and go for the oil, say it and just go for it. Blood for oil. The soldiers in the army, you think they love their nation? They are getting something. Each of the soldiers is getting a lot of money. They are being paid a lot of money. American soldiers. Ghanaians are being recruited all the time to be soldiers. How many want to be American soldiers? Go to Iraq. Sister, you want to be a soldier? You see, so when you come to Christ... If only that what you can get can die, you can be a great person for God. It's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. Amen. Are you listening to me? Stand to your feet, everybody. How many are having a mind to sacrifice? You see, this is the mind that is not there in most pastors. Do you know that many Ghanaian pastors, our ministries are limited? Oh yes. Our ministries are limited to encouraging a few people that I see you getting this, you are going to get this, you are going to get this, you are going to... Beyond that, because that is all we can see. And we need to go higher than that. And we the pastors ourselves We need to go higher It's not a matter of what you can take And get And bring with you There must be that foundation Take up your cross Follow me Deny yourself Say no to selfishness Take up your cross Follow me Deny yourself Follow me If you want to be my disciple If anyone comes unto me Let him deny himself And take up his cross And follow me In other words You've got to say no to yourself And to your desires That is why we have conflict in marriage 
Because a man and a woman, eh, it would have been far easier for two men to live together. Far easier. Brothers, is it not true? I think even the two women, it doesn't work. Something. I preached a message on Tuesday. He flowed with John. Were you there? You must get a tape and listen to it. It was a good message. Huh? It's because we are selfish. Even men and women, the men are also selfish. A man, yeah, we are all guilty. We just want certain things. You see a man with a very big pot belly. And he's very concerned that his wife has put on weight. But he's not concerned about his own pot belly. It's a good it's a good message. Tell somebody a good message. You want your beloved or your husband to show you attention, this, whatever. And he also wants it. One husband was telling me, he said, you come, then they'll throw some bread in front of you and they say, it's breakfast. You see, many of us ladies, we are not domesticated. You look soft, gentle, and voluptuous, but you are not domesticated. I said, you look soft, gentle, and voluptuous. But you are not domesticated. You need to be domesticated in the name of Jesus. It's a good message I'm preaching. (laughs) (laughs) To be able to care. And some of us brothers. We are the most hardened and romantic brothers all you are thinking about is food to eat and sex most husbands are bad husbands oh yeah that's what I think most husbands are bad husbands most husbands are bad husbands 
Only we don't talk about it, man. But most husbands are bad husbands. Yeah. <laughs> you must learn uh, being a man and having male organs is not uh, equal to being a husband. Yeah, you have to learn how to be a husband. Not just sitting there eating every day and just being there. But you see, we are so selfish. I remember one day I was sitting with a couple. The wife was saying, he, he, the way he talks to me, he just talks anyhow. He's talking this, this, that. He was talking. Then the husband was also looking and saying, she's so fat. She has become so fat. She's so young. She has become very big, very fat. I don't, I don't like it. You see, this one wants you to change. This one too, also wants you. Two selfish people with their own ideals and their own ideas. And I was explaining to them, I said, he cannot easily change. Listen, yourself must die, must change. Otherwise, what's your name? Prudence. Prudence. Foreseeing the evil. Where, which campus are you on? Tech. Prudence what? Asase. Prudence. Foreseeing the evil. It's good. So what I'm preaching, will it affect you? Do you think so? That's what I'm wondering as I'm standing here. Whether your selfishness will go down. Huh? Are you sure? You are mellowing. <laughs> We think about ourselves. Oh. We really think about ourselves. It's the greatest characteristic you see of man. I think when man died in the Garden of Eden, I think a self-consciousness, selfish, everything came self-centered. That is, seems to be the greatest mark of a fallen man. Even the Americans who look as if they are liberating people you can see that if it is in terms of the numbers of people they want to liberate and where there's real oppression they don't go there it's quite easy to see and I think that to the degree that you overcome selfishness is the degree to which you become great in the kingdom of God the degree to which you can overcome your selfishness what you do for yourself is the degree to which you can become great in the kingdom of God the degree to which you can overcome selfishness 
is the degree to which you can overcome is the degree to which you can become great and fruitful in the kingdom of God amen are you there amen Amen. I'm talking about preparing rehearsing laying foundation but this time in you see when you talk about preparing there are different aspects that's why I gave you to me to rehearse to get special knowledge etc but there's this one we call about to get foundations to lay a foundation and this is it this is the foundation of Christian not prosperity prosperity is a teaching of the Bible it is true it is correct but it is not a foundation it's something that comes on in fact what we should rather be teaching is how to use prosperity rather than how to get it because prosperity is guaranteed according to Jesus that if you seek his kingdom all these things will be added so when the things are added what do you do with them how do you use them perhaps that is what we should be teaching hallelujah Amen. this message continues on the next track keep listening